Well, here we are once again, folks, for the first time. Again, it's your favorite radio DJ from inner and outer space, Wolf the Dog. And, uh, where and when the fuck am I? Hold on. It smells like... East Coast? Let me check my local dimension time. It's 1937 and New Year's Eve? It's as if I have no control over what happens to me. Like someone is forcing me to play into the sick fantasy that's broadcast to all the world. But, uh, yeah, I guess we got a new Howlin' with Wolf or whatever. If these are even real. This week's Howlin' with Wolf is from Jeff in Seattle, who tweeted about the show and tagged at Pretending Pod, a simple and worthwhile use of any person's time. Jeff in Seattle writes, A shout out to my wonderful and adorable little brother, Chalky Bobberson. May your D100s roll low and your D20s roll high. And a warning to Matthias Black. Temporal manipulation never ends well. Don't gaze into dimensions that are not your own unless you want eyes looking back. Well, Jeff in Seattle, I have to say that temporal whatever you said seems pretty cool to me. Sometimes you gotta gaze into another dimension as a little treat. And sometimes you have to consume another dimension as a big old meal. If you want to write up something for your wolfie to howl, tag at Pretending Pod on the internet, or write up a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you holler and let us know, you're sure to get the message that's deep in your soul to come out of this dirty old mouth hole. And if you're interested in doling out some dough to keep this show afloat, head on over to patreon.com slash pretendingpod for 29 bonus episodes. From Call of Cthulhu's classic scenario, The Haunting, to silly one-page RPG sessions, from our first season, Session Zero, to a currently 13-episode-long, mostly homebrew, Delta Green campaign called The Creature Crew. All the links are in the show notes. Sound the alarm, but don't hit the snooze. Like a beast mode stiff arm, I'm quaking for the news. The first season of Pretending to be People was a well-loved affair. So much so that it reached one million downloads. Thank you to everyone who contributed to this chonky number being so unbelievably large. Also, This episode right here kicks off the five-episode guest run featuring Scott Dorward, running a Pulp Cthulhu scenario he wrote, which is called A New Age of Wonders. And call me Mrs. Liam Neeson if I am mistaken, but a new story deserves a new theme song, and A New Age of Wonders deserves something full of pain and sorrow. It's Isabel Crane with Hollow. I didn't know a body could be hollow before its blood ran cold. I didn't know that the wind could sow through tissue. 
I've never had a hype man before. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel? I, I feel warm inside. I feel special. <laughs> Hyped. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Pretending to Be People. We are here with a special guest today who is not only one of the good friends of Jackson Elias, not only the man at the helm of multiple games throughout the internet, but currently including running the Pulp Cthulhu campaign Two-Headed Serpent for the podcast How We Roll, and just the all-around incredible writer, tabletop master, wizard extraordinaire on Man the internet. Man with the golden voice. And the guy who <laughs> I kind of wish was my grandpa, but haven't told him that to his face, it's Scott Dorwood! <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm never going to live up to that now you know that <laughs> <laughs> well scott you've already lived up to it because we had you on a while ago was it last year oh maybe even longer it was over than a year ago yeah. at this point wow was it really it was That's at crazy. the end of 2020 i think mm. oh my god and you ran bleak prospect for us which is a call of cthulhu scenario that was written by a very talented <laughs> writer for call of cthulhu <laughs> who was that who, who was that i forget i mean that's <laughs> they're, they're all the same, really. Well, you silly goose. <laughs> it was written by you. Okay, I don't yeah. know why I'm being so... <laughs> uh, I, I mean, Are you okay, man? It was You You wrote it. <laughs> I, I wrote it a long time ago. I can't remember doing that. It might as well have been someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I've written so many things over the years. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, uh, it was one of my favorite role-playing experiences of my life. It's still some of the stuff I go back and listen to repeatedly just to hear it all again. I'll keep that in mind when I'm getting excited about the numbers that it's just Joe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that, Scott does an incredible job running Bleak Prospect for the four of us. And that was actually, that was a really wild time because... Scott is uh, in Europe, and we are in North America, but at the time, I was in Asia, yeah. so we were recording across three continents. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was like five minutes a day when we were all in sync, wasn't there? <laughs> right. It really was. It took a long time to get on the same schedule. We really are a global podcast. Yeah, well, know? we're the, the international role-playing podcast. That's what everyone knows. That Springfield, Missouri podcast right. is the international... We have a pretty big blip on... On the map of listeners in like South America. So recording in Asia, North America, and Europe, having people in South America listen to it. We just got to get some of those researchers. Exactly. We got to get hit Antarctica. And then <laughs> <it will> be... <laughs> 
But uh, today we're not playing Call of Cthulhu, and today we are not playing Delta Green, and today we are playing <laughs> D&D First Edition. <laughs> Fireball. That was fun when Dungeons and Daddies did it. <laughs> oh, that was tight. But we're not doing that, and we probably never will. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't been talking much. I've just been trying to pretend like I wasn't working on my character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a different character sheet than we are used to using. Right. I believe it's the first time uh, that I personally have filled out a PC character sheet for Pulp Cthulhu. Ooh. Pulp Cthulhu. Pulp Cthulhu. I've done a couple, used mostly with you, Zach. Yeah. You ran yeah. us through some back in the day. I've run it. I've never gotten to play it. I'm super fucking excited. I was able to run Waiting for the Hurricane from the back of the book, which was written oh, yeah. by another good friend of Jackson. Elias, Matt Sanderson. Yes. Is that right? It he did, wrote yeah, that one? He did. And of course, we are wishing a speedy recovery to Matt. Yeah, yeah, thanks. It's been a scary month with Matt, but happily he's back home and on the uh, the road to recovery now. That's fantastic Good news. Day. Yeah. How's right your, uh, I, the last time we recorded, you had like a tooth issue. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I ended up in hospital with that. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, uh, I ended up having to have emergency surgery and part of my jaw removed. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I, I can't say I recommend it. No. <laughs> Has it been uh, relatively smooth sailing after the surgery and stuff, though? Uh, yeah. I mean, the shape of my mouth still feels wrong, but uh, <laughs> apart from that, yes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Wow. Did they let you keep the part that they pulled? I, I <laughs> stupidly didn't think to ask because otherwise, yeah, I absolutely would have kept it in a jar at my desk. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, let's dive in. Let's do it. Okay. So this scenario is called A New Age of Wonders, and it's published in issue three of The Blasphemous Tome, which is the fanzine that we do for the Patreon backers of the good friends of Jackson Elias. Which you should all become, uh, <laughs> because I personally am a patron of the good friends of Jackson Elias, and the rewards that I reap <laughs> are worth every fucking penny. Well, thank you, Zach. Yeah, for your, I'll, I'll slip the check in the mail. <laughs> eight bucks <laughs> every eight dollars counts uh, oh god eight, eight dollars almost a jibber john eight dollars is big money in the rpg field <laughs> <laughs> so this scenario takes place in 1937 particularly new year's eve 1937 the player characters have all been invited, or at least they have managed to get themselves on the invitation list to what promises to be the New Year's Eve party of the year, or at least that's the way that the host has pitched it. The host is a man called Cicero Mordant. He comes from a moneyed background, and his family is incredibly wealthy, but he himself has gone off in a somewhat different direction. He is an inventor, or at least a would-be inventor. I mean, those of you who've kept up with his career know that, I mean, he's enthusiastic, he's good at self-promotion, perhaps, and he certainly has the money to bring his inventions to the market. 
But really, fundamentally, he's a bit shit. <laughs> I mean, you know, some of the inventions that he's put out over the years are things like this self-playing violin, which you know promises to bring chamber <laughs> music to every household, but it really just plays the same four bars over and over again and goes out of tune in about five minutes. <laughs> there was the electric hairnet, which you know, promised to you know, revolutionise home hairstyling. And uh, you know, there have been a number of unfortunate fires and the, the lawsuits are still in the courts at the moment. The less said of his radium dentifrice, the better. <laughs> but this time he promises that he has got a magnificent new invention that he wants to show off to the world. And the launch of this invention is going to be this New Year's party at his family estate, The Mount, in rural Vermont. So... Let's, I'd say, introduce the player characters at this stage, and then we can just, I think, get you on the road to the mount. So, do, do you want to go around one by one, just say who you're playing, and I think also why you're going to the party? My character, oh, give me that voice, baby, <laughs> is Checkers. <laughs> How old, how, how old is Checkers? I'm a 19-year-old cult leader. Uh, I'm here. I'm, I'm going to the party to recruit some movie stars and, and high-profile people for my cult, The Last Branch. And I'm, I'm Elden Ring. And, uh, <laughs> for fuck's sake. And, uh, <laughs> It's not, it's not my birth name. Uh, Ellen Ring is my given name uh, by myself. Uh, my given name from my family is uh, none of my business nor anyone else's. And I'm just very happy to be accompanying my, my dear checkers to this wonderful New Year's Eve party and just helping him bring people to the last branch. Our goal is to get as many of the rich and powerful on our side today through the powers of persuasion and Checkers' deep and utter charisma. There are things that, at work in this world, uh, forces beyond our control, and uh, we, we, we look to control those forces. With money that we make <laughs> from the cold. <laughs> and, and Checkers, remember, the forces. Mm -hmm, yeah, they are real... They certainly are. Are there really any stronger forces in the world than money? <laughs> love, true love. Um, no. No. <laughs> that, that is a question that, uh, that Lafayette J. Honeycutt would like to get to know. Are there any more forces in the universe more powerful than love or money? And he studies that in depth. He's a scientist. Does he sound um, like that when he studies it? He doesn't. You'll hear his voice when he speaks. God damn it, Thomas. <laughs> You're such a tease. Yep. <laughs> He's going to be showing up to this party in disguise. Uh, Why? Dressed as a turtle? Because he is a professional <laughs> rival. Yeah, he's going to be dressed as a turtle. Um, no, he's a professional rival of uh, Cicero Mordant. And he wants to get a look at this invention, but he was not invited because he's on Mordant's shit list. Mordant has a very, very long shit list. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm playing Javi Brewer. I'm here to uh, make sure nobody gets too close to Mr. Lafayette J. Honeycutt here. He hired me. I'm going to protect him. I told you, Javi, tonight. It's, it's, uh... Oh, shit, what was, what was the cover name? <laughs> 
<laughs> you were going to go with Javi Brewer, but that's my name, so we can't use that one. That's correct. Is, is this your fumbling your disguise role in real life? <laughs> More or less. <laughs> what is your actual name? Lafayette J. Honeycutt. But tonight you are... Honeyfet J. Lafayette. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, James Dean. No one famous has been named James Dean in 1937. I was going to try to go for a mid-Atlantic, and I think I'm going to go too much into uh, copying your accent, Scott. Oh, have God. To, uh... oh, can you please try? <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Do it. No. Do uh... a Scott at Scott. <laughs> Maybe after a couple sessions. <laughs> sessions. S- session IPA. <laughs> oh, could we go puff some and then, this? <laughs> after this episode? <laughs> we got to get the first episode down. <laughs> so, like I say, you have all managed to somehow get hold of invitations to this New Year's Eve party. And you know that... There has been transportation laid on. All you have to do is get yourself to Montpellier uh, in Vermont. Uh, there is a station Scott, there. Sorry to interrupt. I'm so sorry. It's Montpelier. Montpelier. Yeah. Montpelier. So, sorry. I went, I went for the French pronunciation. You said it with such like a plum. And uh, when I learned how to pronounce it, it was in Missouri, and we said Montpelier, Vermont. Montpelier. Well, that is how they say it. it so it's Mont- Montpelier. 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 Yeah. Montpelier. I shall say that again then. Montpelier. Right. <laughs> it sounds oh, it sounds like wrong when you I say bet it. Honeycutt you know? does say um, Montpellier. 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 I've got a beautiful 1932 uh, bottle of Montpellier. <laughs> oh god. Right. So, yes, you know all you have to do is get yourself to Montpellier in rural Vermont and then there will be transportation at the station that is laid on for you. And sure enough, when the train pulls in at the station, you can see that there are any number of well-dressed people who are obviously dressed up for this party. Men in, in, in full evening dress with heavy overcoats on, uh, women in, in gowns again with furs over them to keep themselves warm, because it is cold, it's been snowing fairly heavily, there's storm clouds up in the sky and you can see that the the snow is falling already but you can also see that outside the station there are a number of vehicles lined up with uniformed chauffeurs who are there a few of them holding up signs announcing that they're to take people to the mount and after the usual moment's hesitation people start flocking towards those vehicles shall we say i mean if if you're happy with this shall we say that the group of the four of you end up sharing the same car together because yeah. you know each car happily seats four passengers in the back and there are enough people guests who've arrived to the party uh, that they're pretty much filling up all the cars one of the chauffeurs ushers the four of you into the back of, of one of these uh, really quite fancy-looking limousines. G- gentlemen, uh, are you, go- you are going to the mount, right? Yes, is this the <clears throat> correct way to go? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, Mr. Mordant has arranged for 
transportation for all his guests. Please, please. How are you guys uh, dressed? Harvey Brewer is a giant hulk of a man. He's like six <laughs> eight and like three hundred pounds, but it's like muscle. He's a he's a big, strong, strong dude. And so he's wearing a tuxedo, but it's a little tight all in all the <laughs> right places. <laughs> it's a little bit stretched almost, but he it, he's pulling it off pretty okay. I imagine the suspension on the car just creaks as you get in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Checkers is wearing like a cashmere three-piece suit. Uh, he's got like a full beard. Definitely trying to look older than he is, but he's dressed very fancifully. <laughs> <laughs> and Elden Ring is just wearing a very simple black pair of trousers and a white cotton shirt that is uh, buttoned down, buttoned all the way to the top. And it has like a, a granddad collar, like an old school non-collar. Is is that all you're wearing even in yeah, uh, New Year's Eve in Vermont? Y- yes. And <laughs> and if anyone, if like the coach driver or whatever, like asks if I'm cold or need a fur or whatever, you know, he just kind of says like, no, the warmth is within me. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out how long that's going to last. <laughs> <laughs> so so Lafayette uh, is wearing a tuxedo that is as tailored as um, Harvey's is not. Uh, <laughs> he, I mean, he looks fantastic. He, he looks like a, a 30s or 40s movie star. And he's got this, uh, this perfect like pencil-thin mustache and a really dashing long tailcoat. Um, not a tailcoat, but, uh, but a long coat. It's, it's winter in Vermont as uh, Scott just tipped us off to. So I was, I was able to quickly improvise a uh, coat, which is the art of what we do here. <laughs> He's carrying a very, very bulky briefcase. It's almost like a suitcase. It's way too large to be bringing... To a New Year's Eve party. <laughs> to a New Year's Eve party, but he's he's got it tucked tightly under his arm, and he's kind of looking suspiciously at the two people we've been paired up with, and he's like, Harvey, I don't like the looks of these chaps. Uh, <laughs> Upon hearing that, Harvey is going to just mean mug the, these other two guys in the car with us. Yeah, I look at... You forgot my name? Elden Ring, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all trying to forget your your name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Checkers looks at Eldon. Did he really just say that out loud? Looking, I Eld- said it so you couldn't hear. <laughs> we're all in a car I together. We're about to get hey, in a car. Thomas, I could hear you. I'm sitting right here. You've got I have, headphones. On. I have headphones. On. That's. <laughs> uh, these guys look nice. Do you think they? be interested in our pitch yeah i don't understand why anyone wouldn't be as he's slowly just parting his super long black hair that is now like completely covering his (laughs) face he goes in with both hands and kind of makes a window for his eyes in between with a full middle part of the super long hair and just lets off the most unattractive smile (laughs) at these two gentlemen i'm imagining like the girl from the ring Uh, yeah i'm I'm imagining cousin and Elden from Ring. the Adams family. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Lafayette is like sitting across from uh, from Eldon, and he's got his like very long, like elegant legs, like one folded over the other, and you can see his foot is tapping just very, very anxiously and annoyedly, sort of half glaring, half just studying this creature that just sat down in front of him and <laughs> parted its weird greasy hair. <laughs> Maybe ask him what his name is, Checkers. Uh, 
You're supposed to be I'm our charisma to be very person. Charming. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> it's early in the morning here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's start that again. Uh, hello, um, uh, checkers. Th- this is uh, Eldon, uh, gentlemen. It's nice to meet you. Have you two heard the kind and good news of checkers? Yes, I've, I think I have heard of what you lot get up to. I pull like a little pamphlet out of my <laughs> coat and hand it over to Harvey. I don't like your presence in my town. Well, this is not uh, you seem starting like on a good foot. An unsavory element. Well, maybe you just uh, we'll just leave each other to what we like to do, and we won't discuss this in the car. As a man of science, um, yes, I'd prefer if we left your hokum here at the station. Checkers takes no offense to that because he does not believe in what he's selling <laughs> at all, so he's just kind of like, fair enough. <laughs> 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 and and this is why your cult only has two people in it. <laughs> I'm just so sorry to say that I, I don't think I can I can leave it there. The world is is bigger than your mind can comprehend, sir. Hey, there he gets a kind of ride. <laughs> hey, shut up. Hey, hey. Now, he said now, he didn't want to hear about it. Now Javi, now Javi. Uh, he's beginning to speak on things of which he doesn't know. Yes, it is. It is quite a quite a big world. Elden, did you say your name was? Yeah, sir. Elden Ring. I gave my name to myself. I explore some of those mysteries myself, in ways I don't think either of you two would comprehend. What is it that you do, sir? All manner of things. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I nothing. I'm <laughs> I'm a, a lazy uh, socialite dilettante. Uh, where is this accent going? <laughs> I like it. I like it. It feels right. It feels right. Uh, if that's the case, then you really should read this. And I offer the pamphlet for my cult again. <laughs> right. He's suddenly like got a panicked look and he's, he's like, okay, yes. Um, that is what I would do because I am a lazy gadabout. about. Uh, <laughs> Right, you're exactly what we're looking for. Right, Are yes. you rich? Yeah, yeah. Good, okay. It's a small fee to join, but we'll talk, we'll talk about it when we get to the The money part. is okay. of no consequence when you're dealing in eternity. Give me your literature. <laughs> he, he hands it over to him. He, like, reaches out with a handkerchief and grabs it. Yeah. It's like a ha- handwritten, like, pamphlet. What is this, what is this stain on... On <laughs> what is this stain? <laughs> Thank you. Um, you, you'll uh, just read the pamphlet and you'll understand. Uh, it's magic. Lafayette leans over, like, "Boy, that was a close one, Harvey. We're to, um, you know, one up old Mordant and unveil my invention." And he pats the big box. <laughs> nice. Upstage him tonight. You know, nice. I can't reveal my identity. Did you, uh, we're saying this to each other in confidence. Did you, uh, did you come up with a cover name yet? Oh, God, um, I can't think of any name. <laughs> like when, uh, Billy Actor's like, <laughs> when Billy Actor's like, name a woman. <laughs> just like, Janine Garofalo. <laughs> I, I, I also like to think that while you're having this conversation, supposedly in private, I mean, it's a small cab, and I'd, I'd like to think the other two can just overhear every single fucking thing you're saying. So do you guys know Mr. Mordaunt? 
No, I'm lazy socialite David Ellington. (laughs) 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 And I've never met Mr. Mordaunt. How'd you get invited? I'm a prominent socialite. And I'm his friend. Fair enough. This is my man. Yes. David and... Harvey Goliath. Said David <laughs> Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> easy. You know what? That's really easy to remember. <laughs> While you're having this conversation, the car is passing first of all through the town itself, uh, which doesn't take very long. It's not a big town. And then heads off into, uh, first of all, some country roads. You're moving through uh, some, some fairly light woodland and then slightly thicker forest and you can see that you're moving towards uh, one of the big peaks around here. Uh, those of you who know the area uh, or who've looked at a map beforehand might realise that it's Mount Ellen and you do seem to be moving towards the base of it. And at some point you move off onto a private road which is much much smaller and the driver's having to slow down a fair bit at this stage because the snow's getting quite heavy uh, not heavy enough that he's losing control of the vehicle but visibility's you know, suffering a little bit but more importantly you know, he's obviously fighting a bit with traction on the road but as as you get closer you can start to see uh, have, well, first of all, have any of you been to the Mount before, or is this your first visit? For checkers, it's definitely the first visit. Mm. Same. I think it'd be Harvey's first visit for sure. Yeah, probably before Harvey started working for Lafayette. Um, Lafayette had been and was kicked out. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yes. After he saw the debut of the uh, the self-playing violin at New Year's <laughs> Eve, like 1933. Wait, did you unleash one of your own <laughs> concepts that same I, night? I did. <laughs> and, what, and what was that? <laughs> what kind of jacket are you wearing? He just picked up a violin and started playing it, and that was his <laughs> that, yeah, Exactly, yeah. Like, what was that when you debuted the self-throwing tomato? <laughs> 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 no, I just fucked Morden's wife that night. <laughs> he does not like me. When you were kicked out, you're like, well, you should invent a self-fucking you. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Oh. <laughs> so that's what you've been working on ever since? <laughs> that's what that's what he's got in the suitcase? <laughs> well, you, don't, right. you don't know what he's been working on. And he packed I'm the now box horrified again. to find out what's in that suitcase. What's in the box is before. super rad. <laughs> what's in the sa- what, What's in the suitcase is going to carry a D sixty twenty sand loss. I think. <laughs> yeah, for Morden when he sees how fucking cool it is. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you got in there? Yeah, that's a big box. Party supplies. Yeah, party supplies. What kind of party supplies? The kind that supply a party. Hmm. That's what the rich do. Glassware? Probably silverware. You brought your own goblet? There's some silver in it, yes. I hope we're almost there. (laughs) (laughs) You are almost there. You've come over the the ridge of a hill and onto a little plateau towards the base of the mountain. And, yeah, there is the two-story colonial revival-style mansion that is the mount with all its outbuildings around here. Before you get to it, though, you do pass by an odd-looking structure which Lafayette doesn't recognize as having been here the last time that you visited the mount. And it, it looks fairly incongruous. It's just built on the edge of the property. 
it looks initially like um, yeah, maybe the kind of lookout tower that uh, you might get in the forest. Uh, like on the forest moon of Indoor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that maybe. <laughs> Sorry, am I lagging again it did it yeah. lagged pretty hard we missed a little bit of the description of the tower. oh sorry I'll, I'll back up a bit then so you notice this weird structure on the edge of the property that looks a bit like a tower maybe a lookout tower uh, that you know firefighters might use in a forest or forest rangers rather like on the forest moon of indoor <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck's So you can see up atop the tower, there is what looks like a glass structure. I mean, I guess anyone who wants, if you want to give me a spot hidden roll just to see whether you can make out any more. Oh, boy. (gasps) I passed a 10 on a base 25. That is a hard success. Nice. I failed my roll. An 82 on a 70. I got a 96. (laughs) On a... (laughs) On a... 45. So that is actually a fumble. We'll, we'll get to you in a moment. Oh. <laughs> I love that rule. So if it's over double your skill, uh, it's, it's a fumble. If you roll 96 to 100 and your skill's under 50, then it's a fumble. If your skill's over 50, you, you have to roll a double zero for it to be a fumble. Oh, okay, sick. I mean, what, what did Lafayette get? 87. Okay, so I assume that's a failure. <laughs> Do you have a 90 spot hidden? This is Paul Cthulhu, after <laughs> No, all. I have a 51. <laughs> so, yeah, you do notice that there are some things sticking out at the top as well that look maybe like radio aerials. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are all sorts of spiky protrusions coming out. Master Checkers, do you see those spiky guys coming out the top of that lookout tower? Checkers is, like, writing another pamphlet. Uh, real quick and doesn't even pay attention to your question. <laughs> well, I think I think then on, on the fumble, then that's the point at which the car goes over a big bump in the road and you just end up scoring through all the magnificent prose that you've just written. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another, another parchment down for the count, huh? Uh, yeah, my uh, pencil I was using pokes me in the eye. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Just completely thrown off. Are you okay, Master? Uh, just leave me alone for right now until we get to the party. He's like trying to be as like gentle and fixy as he can while still giving personal space to his favorite <laughs> checkers. <laughs> well, the car pulls up in the courtyard outside the main building, and you can see that there are a number of other cars now that are parked. Uh, they're already. A few guests have got out, and uh, some of them are just going into the main entrance. Uh, a few are making their way over there. The house itself is largely lit up at the moment. There are lights on in most of the rooms. But the the main activity seems to be coming from a room over on the left-hand side where... Uh, you can see that there's a lot of bright light coming out from the windows. There's the sound of swing music playing rather loudly in there. And through the windows, you can see activity going on. The other thing you can see is on the edifice of the building, just above the window, uh, the front window of that room where all the activity is going on, there is what looks like another huge antenna just sticking out of the wall. Uh, and some fairly thick cables coming down from it. Checkers, there's another one right there. 
He is uh, writing another pamphlet <laughs> and not paying attention. <laughs> Checkers. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Okay. Antenna. Sure. Uh-huh. I'll tell you what. I mean, as Lafayette is actually a scientist, what, what is your scientific specialization? What scientific skills does Lafayette have? Engineering is his focus, and like mechanical, electrical, and computers. Yeah, then engineering is perfect for this. If you want to give me an engineering role to see whether you can make sense of this at all. Yep, he passes 40 on a 90. Yeah, you, you look at this aerial, and I mean, there's something weird about it. It's not a design you've encountered before. It doesn't look like a normal radio aerial. There's a bit of a dish behind it, and it looks like, um, I don't know, maybe it's designed to focus uh, something, but yeah, there, there's there's something about it that looks really strange and uh, maybe novel. Yeah, it's, it's nothing like you've seen before. He kind of plays with his little pencil-thin mustache, and he's like, what are you scheming at, Mordant? <laughs> right behind you is Elden Ring and he just like whispers in your ear and he's like what do you think it is he reflexively like elbows back (laughs) I have a size 40 so I think you like elbow back and I'm like a foot shorter than you would have elbowed towards yeah he's a tall wisp like I'm like an absolute waif of a man Oh the goodness. sudden jerking you know of his elbow sneak up on a gentleman sends Harvey into like protect mode. And he, <laughs> he grabs you and just moves you away. Oh, you can pick me up off the yeah. ground. Yeah. And as you do, he's just like, oh, the strength of physicality is, is mighty, but it's nothing compared to the mind. I just want you to keep your distance from here on out. You understand? Hey, don't be touching. Don't be touching me. Don't be touching him. Why are you talking to my man like that? Because he's touching him. My man is having a conversation with your man because your man was touching me. Conversation doesn't have to involve hands or picking people up. Keep your man away from my man. Deal. Uh, Harvey's still holding Eldon up in the air and Eldon's feet are twiddling back and forth (laughs) and he is staring directly into Harvey's eyes and making a choice. (laughs) And then his eyes kind of soften. I don't want to hurt you. Harvey laughs as he sets him back down on the ground. Yeah, 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 I'm sure you don't. I certainly do not. (laughs) There's a little bit in Harvey that's like, what, 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 what? (laughs) <laughs> so Elden Ring has a 90 in Intimidate. <laughs> oh, also, also oh, probably shit. people don't talk back to Harvey much I, at yeah. all. I was going to say I have an 80. So oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Just two very strong-willed minds yeah. staring at each other. <laughs> That's cool. Elden, do you, do you have our, our invitations? He kind of uh, pats at his uh, chest softly and slowly uh, <laughs> before grabbing the uh, invitations out of his trouser pocket. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can scurry in out of the cold. The snow is getting a bit heavier at this stage. You can see that the chauffeurs, having dropped people off, are running over to one of the outbuildings where it looks like they've got their own party in progress, uh, just on the other side of the courtyard. But... The main doors of the manor house are open and there's a maid there. Oh, in fact, there are a few maids there who seem to be ushering guests in in shifts and taking their coats. And yeah, there's there's a uniformed maid who comes up and looks around at uh, the bunch of you and says, uh, uh, can I take your coats? 
looks at Elton and blinks. <laughs> and on cue, he, you know, I could pull the drawstring coming out of his butt. <laughs> the warmth is inside me. <laughs> Very good, sir. Checkers hands his coat over um, and then grabs a bunch of pamphlets out of the pocket as he's like handing it over, puts them in his pocket. Elden Ring gets really serious as <laughs> Checkers hands over his coat and is like, do not misplace the master's coat. Yeah, I just bought it. It's uh, It was expensive, so put it in a special place. <laughs> the maid now carrying those, the three coats is standing there looking at the bunch of you waiting to get a word in edgeways. <laughs> and eventually says, uh, uh, if you make your way over to the ballroom, and she points out from under all the coats at a set of double doors that are open just over on your left. You know, the the hallway that you're in is you know fairly large. There's a chandelier overhead because, of course, there fucking is. Um, <laughs> and, I mean... I mean, certainly Lafayette knows from his previous visits to the Mount that while Mordant has money, money doesn't buy taste. And the furnishings, they're, I mean, some of them are quite nice pieces, but he has no eye for how things go together. The decor is generally tacky for people who've, who've got genuine taste. My God, Harvey. Look at that chandelier. I know, it's gorgeous, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Harvey. <laughs> simple man. No, it's quite hideous, actually. I'll tell you what, if I ever got this kind of money, I'd do it up like this. Look at this, this is the lap of luxury here. <laughs> You're a kind man, Harvey. Thank you for watching after me. If That's... you think this is luxurious, you should see Would our you, why are our you hang... joint. No, you, we are not spending time together this evening. We are <laughs> moving. Why are you still right next to us? It's a party. It's a, it's a party. <laughs> yes, Eldon. So please, please go mingle. Eldon, the suitcase guy, don't even, he's off the list. But his friend, he seems like somebody we could get. <laughs> spend tonight pestering and harassing my man. Correct. We will be having pleasant conversation about the last branch and uh, all the good that we're doing. <laughs> you seem like a guy that wants to do Come now, Javi. Come along. Come, Javi. <laughs> we'll, we'll have chandeliers like this eventually. Harvey dutifully just follows Lafayette. Remember the chandeliers? The chandeliers. <laughs> <laughs> Eldon, uh, the famous actress that we're looking for, I know her name, but do you remember it? I love tests, Master. <laughs> yes, her name is Candace Germain. Correct. Let's find her. <laughs> and he kind of motions his head forward for uh, some sort of uh, physical... Um... Be- before we start splitting up, are we in are we in party town now? Is there Are we in party town? <laughs> yes, Javi, you may have one drink. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I mean you've come in through this this rather grand hallway and you know, there are corridors branching off in a few different directions. You can see that there are other sets of double doors around here that are obviously going into other rooms that may be off limits to you. There's a staircase going up to the the upstairs obviously but yeah all the action seems to be in the ballroom you're ushered through the double doors there to this yeah fairly grand looking room doesn't really have much in the way of furniture in this at the moment because it's a ballroom it's got a few side tables set up with 
snacks and drinks, and there are uh, uniformed staff wandering around with trays, again with refreshments on them. There are a few dozen people in attendance. Uh, It's quite a large ballroom, and I mean, maybe the guest list is very exclusive, or maybe a number of people just plain haven't turned up. But, I mean, the party's relatively lively, but it's not exactly jumping, it's not packed. There is a stage that is set up over in front of the front window. And you can see a few things there. One, the most obvious thing is there is a live band that is playing there. A live swing band. And there is just off to the side of the stage as well, some bulky shapes, boxy shapes that are covered by sheets or a tarpaulin. What kind of size is that covered thing? Yeah, I mean, fairly large, maybe about the size of a car. Okay. I mean, it's it probably doesn't take much to work out that it roughly corresponds to where you saw the cable come down from the aerial outside. Right, right, right. But yeah, as I said, there were a few dozen people mingling around, a few of them dancing, a, a number of them not dancing, but you know, certainly having drinks and talking or shouting at each other over the music. Harvey wants to do his job as a, as a bodyguard to Lafayette is when we walk in the room, just kind of clock it, see if there's anything that could maybe pose a threat to him. Okay, um, I'll tell you what, give me a psychology role to get a general read of the crowd. Oh, shoot, it's a fail, a 67 on a 50. Well, I mean, you could either spend 17 points of luck, or if you want, you could find some way of pushing it. I mean, if if you can think of a way of escalating the situation and potentially putting yourself at risk while assessing threats, I'd be open to that. Um, you could probably get a better vantage point if you're on the chandelier. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, could I maybe go and put myself up on stage to look down from the stage? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, you could try. Yeah, I mean, there is a little, yeah. there, there is a little set of wooden stairs up the side that you could go on. I mean, like I say, there is a full swing band up there who are very much in the midst of a song, but... Yep. <laughs> so Har- Harvey, Harvey's good. Harvey's going to bumble his way up there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, th- I think if you fail the push here, um, you're going to attract all sorts of the wrong attention. <laughs> 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 I uh, pass a 21 on a 50. Fantastic. So you get a rough read of the kinds of people who are in the room. There are a few people who are obviously moneyed. You can tell from their clothes, from their mannerisms, that, yeah, there are definitely a few movers and shakers here. Lafayette has, like, snuck up behind. Like, he followed Harvey very <laughs> poorly kind of like crouched down behind him and he's like tell me what you see <laughs> he pokes out behind him on the stage and he's like oh i, I see some of my cousins here this is <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to see you can see a few other people who don't necessarily fit the same mold and there's something about the <laughs> about the slightly more worn looking clothing and general introvertedness that makes you think that they're probably academics then, I mean, there are a few other people who just don't seem to fit in. Are you do spot? Um, I don't know whether you heard the others mentioning Candice Germain earlier, but I mean, you certainly do spot her in the crowd, and you may have seen some of her films. 
She seems to be in deep conversation at the moment with a fairly good-looking man in clerical garb, wearing a black shirt and a dog collar, who, you know, the two of them are in very animated conversation. Do I clock Mordant in the room? No. Looking around, Mordant isn't there. Okay. Which yeah may strike you as being a bit odd. Uh, you know we got the we got the usual sort here, boss. We got the uh, the real money. We got the the guys who are more like you, the thinkers. And uh, it looks like there's a you you, you seen that uh, picture show uh, last train to Clarksville? That's uh, <laughs> that's Candace Jermaine right there. Good God, Candace Jermaine is in here. Oh, a true beauty. Where'd you say you saw her? Well, we're not there, but oh, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we look behind, and you're crouched down behind me. <laughs> uh, I, around, I, I turn around, and Eldon parts his hair. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love to think as well that you're kind of in between, you know, the guitarist and the bassist of the swing band, and the two of them are <laughs> yeah, just exactly. stepping around you as they're doing their act, trying not to tread on you. <laughs> we're becoming real quick pals here, huh? Don't step on any wires. Now that is, do not step on any wires, because there's something very strange going on here tonight with, with all of his wires. <laughs> I haven't noticed anything, but uh, well, Cicero is up to something. Master uh, Checkers, that's Candace Germain right there that they were pointing and talking to about talking to the clerk man. I pull out a pamphlet and look at Eldon, and I'm, I just kind of nod at him. Bring her to me. <laughs> well, the, yeah, as, as he's saying that, I mean, she breaks off conversation with the the vicar or the priest or whatever he is, um, and and she walks over and starts talking to someone else. So was Eldon going over to join the conversation? I was trying to get the more charismatic, good-looking one to start the conversation. We kind of have a thing where if we can isolate someone, we can uh, slowly <laughs> work them down gotcha. into joining us. So is it Checkers who's going over? Checkers heads on over to Ms. Germain. Yeah, she's there talking to an older man. Looks like he's probably in his late 50s, dressed in... A three-piece suit. He's uh, fairly jowly. He's got red features, uh, a few broken veins across his face, and ruby eyes. And the two of them seem to be just making small talk as you come up. Uh, You you could give me uh, an education roll to see whether you can recognize who the man is. That's a pass. 43 on a 70. Okay, yeah, you recognize the man from some newspaper articles he's seen as, as Charlton Billings. Uh, he's a senator from Vermont. I go to him first. Uh, senator, nice to see you. My name is... Uh, you can just call me Checkers. Ah. And I reach my hand out to shake his hand. Well, he gives you a warm handshake and uh, says, uh, Checkers. Hmm. Just, just the one name, then. Right, it's what my friends call me, and we're all friends here. So. Oh, I hope so, I hope so. I, mean, I hope I can count on your vote next year. Absolutely. I actually have a friend here with me who may not be so inclined to vote for you, but maybe you could go convince him. And I gesture <laughs> at, at Eldon. Eldon is in an enclave of this room already, like away from the crowd, and he's just staring through his parted hair across the party. He has some very serious uh, feelings about senator things. (laughs) (laughs) The senator looks over at Eldon, (laughs) kind of looks him up and down, and looks back at you. 
fucking Orin from Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> yes! That's exactly who it is. He says, are you sure he votes? <laughs> <laughs> Only when he really loves or hates something. And he's got strong feelings. Uh, and then I wink at him and I want to roll charm. Okay, yeah. That's a three. It's a really good wink. (laughs) Well, he says, well, a voter's a voter, I suppose. And he he turns and marches over towards Elden. God help him. (laughs) Candace. And I do like the European kiss the cheeks greeting. Ah, checkers, you made it. I'm here. Thank you for the invite. Uh, You you can see that she's looking a bit ruddy and swaying a bit. I mean, the, the party hasn't been going for that long, but it looks like she's quite drunk already. Does she have a drink in her hand? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, let me take that from you. It's, uh, I'll hold it for you. And I grab the, like, martini and I just, like, drink the rest of it and <laughs> hand her back an empty glass. She looks at you and, and pats you on the shoulder. <laughs> That's what I do with Luke sometimes. Oh, it's all right. I can get another, but. <sighs> oh, that's, you probably good. You're probably good on No, that no, no. It's, 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 she says, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, I, I'll. Give me a moment. I'll, I'll pay a visit to the ladies' room and, and powder my nose, if, if, you, if you know what I mean, and uh, I'm sure I'll be fine after that. Cocaine. I sure do know what you mean. Uh, perfect. Well... No, you're, you're welcome to join me if you want. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we got cocaine into this campaign. <laughs> Our perfect record is untouched. <laughs> If Eldon or um, Checkers had looked up at any point in that time, they would have seen Lafayette and Harvey slipping out of the main ballroom, trying to follow some of these wires and and some of the weird mechanical things that he's seeing here. Okay, so you're basically you're heading out the front to where that aerial was. Yeah. As you see Checkers and Candace walk into the bathroom, he's like grabbing like champagne off the waiters like things and just like downing it because. <laughs> He's actually never done drugs, and he's very nervous. <laughs> this is a big get for your cult. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, huge. Also, you're 19. <laughs> yeah, I'm underage And a movie drinking. star just asked you to go to the bathroom <laughs> to do cocaine. This is pretty cool. I assume she's probably... Is, is she like a late 20s actress, or is she like established? It's 1937. Yeah, no, she, she's a few years older than you, but not a lot older. Okay. Cool. You find a bathroom and uh, she you know, cuts a few lines for you and um, just makes a, a bit of small talk and says, uh, you managed to get here all right. There. Well, of course you managed to get here all right because you're here, aren't you? Uh, sorry, I, right. I, don't, I don't know where my head is today and snorts another line. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes parties can be a little overwhelming and then he looks at the lines of coke on the bathroom counter and not knowing the protocol for this he does all the rest of the lines of cocaine <laughs> so we're gonna need you to roll a con check to make sure you don't die this is a new one that we're trying out where when you actually do drugs in the game you have to do drugs as we're, the method, player. we're method playing so give us about so uh, yeah. two and a half hours while we go find some cocaine <laughs> and we'll be right back uh, Candice smiles at checkers as, as he does as he does the last three lines single handedly and says, uh, oh my, aren't you a hungry little boy? <laughs> I'm not I'm not that little, he says with his 40 size. Uh, 
Oh my god, I didn't realize we're where my small. tiny was. <laughs> oh my god. I've got a big personality. If, if 40 size was good enough for Charlie Manson, it's good enough for you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Candace, have you th- have you thought any more about our last conversation about last branch and maybe maybe be in the face of it? Yes, yes. Uh, though I don't know. I think I, I may have other commitments now. I I think I'm going to be employed to help promote Cicero's new invention. Our deal wouldn't necessarily be exclusive. You know, you could... It could oh. just be something you mention when you do everything else that you do. Oh, maybe, but but I mean, this is going to take up all my time. It's going to change the world, you know. What is his invention? She looks confused for a moment and... Um... It's got to change the world. Well, you know, maybe we could go talk to him. Maybe you could introduce me to him. I haven't met him yet either. I don't know where he is. <laughs> oh, I, she she roots through her purse a bit and says, and that was the last of the cocaine. Oh, but I suppose uh, someone else here must have some. Do, do you think you could find some more for me? I'm sure I could. Yeah, I'll look around. Um... In the meantime, he pulls out a piece of paper, and you can tell it's like a crudely drawn-up <laughs> contract. Um, and he... It's like stick figures, and it's like <laughs> just him giving her the paper, and the paper says, your soul. <laughs> <laughs> no, basically, it's like a contract he's written up to have her be kind of like the spokesperson for the last branch. And he hands it to her. He's like, real quick, while I go look for more uh, fun, just sign this at the bottom here. Well, I'll get my lawyer to look at it and send it back to oh, you. Oh, we don't need... I studied... I took a couple law classes. <laughs> she, she laughs. It's a pretty good contract. She laughs and playfully punches you in the shoulder and says, After all the things that happened with the MGM, my lawyer told me never to sign anything again without talking to him. <laughs> uh, Checkers uh, figured that this was coming, but he had to take his chance anyway, so he grabs the contract back, folds it up, and uh, he's like, okay, well, I'll talk to you when I find more. Yes, 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 but don't forget cocaine. <laughs> right, right, uh, I'm, on, I'm on it. And he leaves the bathroom, and it's in his mind, but it really he isn't going to actively be looking for drugs. <laughs> oh, she's got to be so disappointed <laughs> in you. <laughs> he's also, like, experiencing cocaine for the first time ever, and he's stoked and scared <laughs> to death and in like 20 minutes he's going to be looking for more cocaine <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> okay well let's cut back to Lafayette and Harvey as they're heading outside in the snow and now without your coats you can appreciate just how cold it is out there the snow's coming down quite heavily now But you can see, yeah, there is this thick wire that's coming through the wall. In fact, it's like a bunch of cables that have been bound together that are going up to this aerial. Lafayette gives that wire uh, an expert and knowledgeable lick. (laughs) Given given the cold temperature out here. <laughs> oh, a little Christmas story going on. Oh God! Do you want to do you want to give me a luck roll to see whether your tongue ends up frozen to the cables? <laughs> My name is David Ellington. <laughs> My God, Harvey, I've made quite a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> 
Pass. 17 out of 55. Okay, yeah. I mean, you, you, you pull it away just in time as so you can feel the ice crystals falling across. Oh. The main thing the cable tastes of is cold. <laughs> he makes a he makes a note of that. <laughs> I actually said that at a wine tasting one time. Everyone <laughs> looked at me cold. weird. <laughs> <laughs> but looking at it, yeah, I mean, you passed your engineering roll earlier, so I won't ask you to roll again. So looking at this, you're fairly certain that this is a power cable. In fact, it looks like it's designed to carry quite a lot of power, but it's just going up to this aerial contraption, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to you. And you can see as well that the aerial is pointing in the direction of that wooden tower that you saw across on the outskirts of the compound. Is there anywhere I can unplug it, this power source? <laughs> not without tools, not easily. I mean, you, I mean, you could try just okay. ripping it out, but I mean, this is like industrial cabling. If you're going to try to sabotage it like that, it would require, yeah, for a start, tools, a bit of time. You probably need a ladder to get up there. I mean, it's not impossible. It's just under the circumstances, a bit tricky. So he gives it like a few like very honest tugs. He's honestly trying to like unplug it, but when he realizes it's going nowhere, he sets it down and he's like, "Only joking, Harvey. We don't want to win that way." <laughs> <laughs> Do I have a sense of what any of this could be for? Do you have the weird science pulp talent? I do. Okay, you made your engineering role earlier. Yeah, you don't know entirely for sure. You'd have to go and take a look at what's in that tower to tell for sure. But there's something nagging away at the back of your brain. You're thinking of some of the wilder designs that Nikola Tesla came up with. And this looks maybe like it's designed for the wireless transmission of electricity. Harvey, this isn't normal science. You turn and Harvey's licking the wire that you <laughs> Harvey, you fool. There's nothing to learn from that that it tastes of cold. That's exactly what I was going to say. It tastes like cold. Harvey, please listen. This is terribly important. Again, this is not normal science. How are we talking? <laughs> I didn't know a body could be hollow before its blood ran cold. I didn't know that the wind could sow through tissue and ragged bone. You were hollow. Crocus blossoms 